guy? He was the last guy. He was grandfathered in. He took a lot of shit for not giving it back. But uh, he held on to it. Now that's, they don't get health care anymore. Your show anymore. is scheduled to start in 11 minutes. Well, you should get it. 50 seconds. Mm -hmm. You should get health there. Yeah, I get it from my company. That's fine. Of course, I pay for it, but everybody pays for it now. Well, not if Bernie has his way. Bernie, Bernie Sanders? Yeah. Oh, well. Bernie doesn't want us to pay for anything. That's not true. <clears throat> I don't know if Bernie's got another life in him after what he just went through. How old is Bernie? I, I can Google it. I don't know. He's early 70s, I think, right? Maybe more. He's got more on the ball than Trump. <clears throat> oh, that's for sure, but do that's not saying much. Do you think in a... 11 minutes. Do you think in a uh, runoff that he would have beat Trump? I think he would have beat Trump. Mm. Bernie is 76. So he'll be 78? Trump, Trump is 71. So he'll be 78 by the time 2020 comes up? Or 79? Uh, if he's 76 now and, and 2020, we got three more years. So he'll be 79. Joe Biden is 75. They're talking about running him again. <clears throat> no? You don't think? Joe Biden, no. Fuck him. Really? Yes. <laughs> you don't like, like you don't like Joe? Kids again. What'd you say? I How liked him until he went after the Bernie people again. Yeah. He, he he says some dumb shit sometimes. I'm just like, you know what? I, I had fun with him. Just, I, that's it. I want to like just keep him in the past. No more. Just, uh, people have been wanting something new. Just no celebrities. None of that. Well, what, what Democrats are going to run for president? I mean, who the hell would you even vote for now? Yeah, people, I mean, God, people are talking about The Rock right now. I'm just like, no. Yeah, please. God, no. Listen, no. the idea that we're no. so stupid that we keep electing multimillionaires to govern us is it, just insane. It goes back to the beginning of this country. I mean, the founding fathers were all wealthy people. Yeah, a bunch of oligarchs. What are you going to do? And, and we've never, I mean, the, the best we ever had was after World War II when unions were strong, when wages were good, when, when the standard of living was high. And since then, they've just... Can I tell you the, the most astonishing thing I saw the other day, or a while ago, some idiot basically said that FDR fucked up this whole country. <laughs> I sat there and I said, my exact phrase to him, and I'm typing, and I, I intentionally get into issues with these assholes just to see how far they're willing to take it. Without FDR, he goes, if FDR didn't come in, this country wouldn't be in a situation it's in. No. And I just sat there and I said, listen, I'm not the biggest scholar in the world, but without FDR, most of the shit that exists that you enjoy would not be around. Right. <clears throat> Whole entire thing, FDR fucked us up. Like, okay. Some people- We need another WPA. We got nine minutes. Some people are just that, just that crazy. But it, Bernie was paying for his health care plan with the tax on trades on Wall Street. So, I mean, you pay sales tax on a lot of things, but they're not paying sales tax on, on billions in trades. Really? You, you, you buy and sell stock, you don't pay tax on it. Not, not a sales tax. You pay tax on the profit. But wow. the brokerage house makes it, makes a killing. They just handed what JP Morgan uh, eight 
minute. A few billion dollars in tax credits. Oh, did they? And he walks into Mar-a-Lago and says, I just made a lot of you motherfuckers richer. Yep. And nobody says a fucking word. No one sees anything wrong with that. Well, every president always takes credit for a great economy, whether or not it's got anything to do with them. And I don't watch CNBC often, but when I do, there's always one economist who comes up and says, look, you you can say whatever you want about the economy. Most of it's alchemy. It's things like... How good people feel, people feel people feel confident, they're afraid. <clears throat> That's what drives the market. Not Donald Trump. Well, the, or Obama for that the matter either. Drives the, the economy more than supply. You know, if if people have money, people spend money. Hmm. You give a, a poor person a dollar, he spends right. it. You give a billionaire a dollar, he puts it in the Cayman Islands. Right. Nobody gets work in, at, from, from money in the Cayman Islands, but Another conversation I had with somebody, and they got, the guy was just, you know, Trump, uh, no, Obama had us on our knees. He goes, he, he was crippling us. He was bringing us to our knees. Yeah, he and tripled I, the stock market. If you're going to give Trump credit, and this is what I always say, if you're going to give Trump credit for the stock market, well, talk to me when he triples it, because Obama took office, it was 16000 He left office, it was 18000 and, and, and Obama created more jobs during his administration than any president in the past 30 years right. has created. And they're talking about him like he's the fucking Antichrist. I mean, my problem with Obama was all his bombings and dronings and, and whistleblower persecutions. And- which was huge. Agreed. Which was huge. But I always say on the defense of it, people were mad about the casualties of war going in with regular everyday troops. He was offered a solution. We can drone attack. It's going to lower the casualties. Why are we attacking anybody? Why are we like? No, why? Why are we acting like we're def- we are not defending ourselves at this point? No, we're, continue- we're and, occupying. And, and I we're agree playing with a video you. game and we're bombing people from far mm-hmm. away. I mean, that's but, what Chelsea Manning was convicted of. She she released a a videotape of these guys bombing innocent people, including a, a Reuters news reporter, and laughing about it. So that was, that was, you know, she deserved clemency. I mean, that, that was something that we needed to know. She's yeah. running for Senate, you know. Yeah. Did you see that? She's not going to win, but at least she'll move everything yeah. to the left. She'll be giving us some baby six minutes, gentlemen. Six minutes. Six minutes. She'll be giving us what? She'll be giving us a lot of live reactions. It's going to be interesting seeing her because she's transgendered. I want to see the reaction to... To her being transgendered and running, I want to see how nasty. Uh, it sounds bad. I honestly want to see how yeah. bad, na- how nasty people are gonna get. Yeah, I, I, if, you know, I don't, I don't, need I don't it. see it coming against her because she's legitimately a military veteran and a hero. It's so these so armchair fucking Republicans that sit there with their beer and their shotgun and act like they're, they're, they're some hero to the country, they never did a goddamn thing for this country. We just had a. There was just a transgender woman elected to Congress. Where? What state was that? Oh, yeah. In um, Virginia. Yeah, that's right. It's Virginia. Yeah, uh, uh, male to female. And uh, she was elected by, like, a big margin. And that was in... And, and she took the place of somebody that had written the bathroom law. Right, that, that, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. What I... Honestly, you know... Danica Rome. I, I'll be honest with you. What I want to see out of the next election... She's not terrible is, looking... I, I just want to see somebody run it and say, listen, this is how it is. This is what I think. If you don't like it, fuck it. Take the Donald Trump, but be honest about what's going on. Like, listen, dude, we're in a great economy. If we're in a good economy, we're in a great economy. If you don't have... We might be on the edge of a recession. 
I can't tell you, but I know what I can do. You don't I can have come in and do some shit. Millions of dollars behind you, you cannot win an election in this country. Mike, you're right about that, no doubt about it. And it's funny, you know, Bill. It's funny you say that. Donald Trump was planning on losing. Yeah, I read that. And yeah, I actually believe that. Some asshole, yeah. some asshole came to him and gave him money, and that's what gave him the steam to keep going. He went someplace. He was doing something, and they just threw money at him. And he was like. Well, hold the fuck on. Then somebody told him, oh, by the way, you do know that you get to keep the money when you run. So if you raise 250, but you only spend a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred million, you get to keep it. You get to keep 150 million for your pocket. Well, you, you got to keep it for the campaign, but he could hire it. You know, you, now, you don't think, Bill, you don't think he would have found a way to launder that oh, shit into you, his you, pockets? You know, give Barron a job. As this, you know, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> See that Barron. picture of him with the umbrella and his wife and kid? Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the kid, you know? I think that is the most hysterical thing. It's like I said, it's petty. Somebody's like, why do you call it petty? Dude, you know he's an ass clown. That's what he does. He doesn't do anything else but be an ass clown. This ass clown sounds humorous. He's more of an asshole. <laughs> By the way, this pre-show video, the pre-show recording is going to be absolutely hysterical. Because <laughs> I've been recording for 15 minutes. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're about to go live. <laughs> Do you take calls on this show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll oh, see. you know what? Send me the link so I can push it. I just did. Um, it's on my Facebook page. Hold on for one second. So you don't do like a seven second or a ten second delay. They whoever gets on gets on basically. Yeah. The and reason they say why whatever is they say. I want people to know that when they get on. But if somebody calls in off topic, like if it's one of these assholes that trolls me yeah. because of some threat I'm in, what do you do? I say, oh, by the way, if you want to talk about that, it's on another show. Click, or I just hang up on them. Okay. <laughs> I, I I have that much gumption to say I I don't deal with it. Where's it at? There we go. And it says sign up, message. No, man. You always do that when you go to a page. Do you actually like the page? Yeah, it's already, it says liked, following, share. Do I share the page? Nope. No, share the video. You got to scroll to the video. Upcoming events. Today at 10 p.m. No, you got to scroll down. Motivational Mondays. Scroll. It should be right underneath Motivational Monday. New Jersey is what you talk about. What's going on? Special guest, family. Okay, here it is. Yep, hit share underneath there. Share. Share now. Okay, now go back to my page. All right, we got one minute. I believe, uh, Tom, you shared it earlier, right? I'm sorry? You shared it earlier, right? Yes. Perfect. We're going live in 40 seconds. Bowdy. We're going to have some lighthearted banter, so don't, if it sounds something odd to you, don't worry about it. It's just what I do. Banter. What do you put? What's behind us? Hmm? What will be behind us? A logo the, for beer, the beer and politics. politics thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm trying to be professional, Tom. Come on. I just want to make sure there's not going to be some naked woman behind us. Well, now that you've said that. Maybe next time we'll do that, right? If you're going to do that, I want to have a monitor so I can check her out. Five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Bear with me one moment. Boom, we are good. And hold on one second. Oh, do not tell me that that damn thing didn't take. Doesn't make a difference. I got it. Give me two seconds, gentlemen. Got it. Here it is. Give me two seconds, I got it. Sorry. Always happens. Always happens. So professional. It always happens. What are you going to do? Always. Always happens. Never fails. I do everything that it's supposed to do, and it goes off by one second. Beer and Mr. Grass. Real talk. Boom. Beer and politics. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, you know who it is. Oh, I hate that echo. It's the worst thing in the world. It's your man, Mr. Direct, doing what he does best. Listen, stop making fun. Don't talk about me. We're having so much fun. We're having a great conversation before we got the show started. And of course, every week, every time I do something and I think one thing's not working, something else goes wrong. But that's part of the world of production. I want to thank you guys for being here Wednesday, every Wednesday. A new camera angle. You guys got to love it. I figured you wanted to see, see more of my beautiful face, so I decided to share the beautiful face just the way I could. Thank you guys for joining us. We are here doing what we do best, doing what? Giving you guys a little bit of real talk like only a man, Mr. Direct, could give you real talk. We're going to have so much fun tonight. By the way, we have a guest in here. We're going to show you the guest real quick. You know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to the wide show. I'm going to go to the wide shop first. Did you just do that? Yeah, you just did, did that. Okay. There you go, right there. There you go. We got Bill Brennan, the co-host of Beer and Politics. Hey, how's it going? We got Tom Krantz, who wrote two. You wrote two, two books, right? Yes, sir. Wrote two books. And on top of that, we also have, don't worry about that. As well, listen, we have Bray Wyatt decided to join us. <laughs> Bray Wyatt decided to join us in wrestling, the WWE. How's it feel to join us for the conversation, Bray Wyatt? Uh, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> Even better. But we are going to have fun. And it's beer and politics. We have so much to talk about. These two gentlemen never met each other before. Today, Tom's wife was on the show uh, about two months ago in November, right? Yeah. And what did she tell you about the show? 
Uh, she had a great time, and she told me, she said, look, just go with it and relax and have a good time. Marklin can react to anything that goes on, and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Did you just really use the government name? We don't use government names on this show. It is Mr. Direct. Sorry, Mr. Direct. <laughs> I didn't get the memo on that. No, you're fine. Nobody really gets the memo. It's something that people figure out over time. All right, fine. I want to thank you guys for Mr. tuning Direct. in. Most of all, I want to thank you guys for being here because guess what? If you weren't here, we wouldn't be able to do what we do best, give you a little bit of real talk. We're going to have so much fun right now. We're going to jump into the conversation as only we could jump into the conversation well, wait, real quick. We, we got to go off the off schedule because while we were sitting here waiting for the show to warm up, I asked I asked Tom real quickly what he felt about cannabis legalization. Oh, yeah. So I, I want you to share with the audience your feelings, your mixed feelings on, on cannabis legalization and, and what caused you that. And then we can get into the. Sure. Well, I, I it came up because we talked about um, you know ways that our new governor uh, wants to help us out of our financial difficulties, and other states have had success in terms of raising tax revenue by legalizing marijuana. Colorado comes to mind first. My wife and I actually just traveled to Colorado um, a while ago, and um, the legalized stores are everywhere. It's very well controlled and they're making a lot of money, they've created jobs, and they're making tax revenue hand over fist. And that's probably something that New Jersey really needs actually right now. The downside for me, and I, you know, again, I'm, I'm completely 50-50 on this right now. Um, when I was there, I read more than one article and I Googled a lot of things about, about legalized marijuana, and in Colorado especially, uh, there are fears that the DWI rate has gone up. And in fact, they quoted, I don't know if it was the chief of police or the state police that said that the numbers have gone up. Uh, you know, people believe that when they get high on marijuana, it's not the same as drinking and being intoxicated on alcohol. So they smoke, they do their thing, and then they, they drive, but the impairment is the same. Um, so that's that's a downside that I see. Uh, and another downside is, you know, I just don't need, know that, that we need especially kids to have one more thing to get them hooked on stuff in life. You know, cigarettes are bad let, enough. Let me, let me break it down. Okay, break it down for okay. me, Bill. Hey. That's where that's my 50-50 approach to legalizing Let's marijuana. consider the source. Law enforcement, or a lot of law enforcement, there's some progressive law enforcement officers out there who see what this is for what it is, this prohibition of cannabis. But law enforcement is typically anti-legalization for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, there's forfeiture laws, there's a lot of arrests, there's a lot of overtime, there's a lot of manpower issues involved in prosecuting cannabis users. But what they're not telling you is they just started testing for THC levels after the... the right, I, I remember reading that too. So if the incidents aren't up, it's the number of people that are being tested is being up. So in other words, the, the, the accident rate isn't changing in, in Colorado. And, and in fact, with respect to children, teen cannabis use has gone down in Colorado since then, and so have opioid uh, uh, overdoses and opioid use. Both have gone down in all states where it's been legalized. So the argument, and I'm not, I don't fault you for it because a lot of misinformation out there, the argument that legalization of cannabis is going to result in this new wave of impaired drivers doesn't make sense for two reasons. Number one, <clears throat> cannabis is available right now to anybody who wants it. Right. So, so if that law, were true, we would be seeing it now already is what well, you're saying there? Well, I'm saying that the law-abiding citizens who you trust not to use cannabis because it's against the law, if you believe that they're going to wait until it's legal before they consume cannabis, 
and that they're on the sidelines waiting, not because they don't want to do it, but because they don't want to break the law, then you'd have to also believe that they're going to follow the driving while impaired law. So you don't believe that's true, that there are people who are not smoking because it's illegal? I'm saying the people that, that don't want to break the law mm-hmm. and are waiting until it's legal, they're law-abiding citizens. Right. I mean, they should be trusted as law-abiding citizens. Right. To say, well, we got to make it illegal for, for cannabis, to, for you to use cannabis, in order to avoid having you breaking a different law about driving while impaired. Those people are responsible enough not to use cannabis because it's against the law. Why would they then be so irresponsible that they would drive while impaired? Oh, I see what you're cannabis? saying. They're law-abiding citizens. You're, you're saying we gotta make something illegal because you might do something else that's already illegal. Yeah, but if you, you, if you, tried, if you apply that same argument to alcohol, you've got law-abiding citizens who are drinking legally and who might never get behind the wheel except for that one time because they forgot. And look at all the drunk driving arrests we have of people who are law-abiding, people who didn't mean to get intoxicated, but they did. Oh, I'm not drunk. Well, And then maybe, so, you know, so then the some bad happens. We should, we should go back to prohibition of alcohol because that worked out so well. No, Gentlemen, here's, here's my question. Yes. Is the legalization of it only because what we're really looking at it as is raising money or because we really feel there's a need to? Oh. Um, is there a lot more to it also as far as what it's going to do for us as everyday citizens if we legalize marijuana? Well, I, I could say right now that, that it, it, it's the, the whole reason that cannabis is illegal is based on a lie. Back in the, it was the 20s or 30s, William Randolph Hearst had the monopoly on the paper pulp business and he didn't want to compete with hemp paper. And so he created this hysteria, Reefer Madness. They made a, a, a short black and white Yes, film. Reefer Madness. And, and, and they created an entire propaganda campaign to say that cannabis was, you know, at the time heroin was legal and cocaine was legal. So they, they, they and, and, and cocaine right now is still has a legitimate medical use and it's a schedule two and cannabis is schedule one with no legitimate medical use uh, uh, that, that the government can see. But, as a social justice well, issue. Well, cannabis does have a legitimate medical use, and not, it's licensed as such. But only by the states. The federal government has it as scheduled. Correct. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. You can, and you cannot, you can't right. test it, you can't, you can't investigate it, you right. can't study it, you can't do anything with it. Well, that's a problem. A, at a federal level because Okay. But what happened was alcohol sales inc- decrease when, when cannabis consumption increases, so the alcohol lobby is against you, the paper lobby is against you. Um, the, the pharmaceutical industry is against you with, with, with legalization because cannabis has been shown to do so many things and you can grow it yourself. You, you can't patent it. You, and so that there's issues, financial issues. But more than that, when Richard Nixon decided he wanted to go after hippies and African-Americans, he, he declared a war on drugs. He took a health issue and he made it a crime issue and he was able to disrupt communities, put people in jail and cause problems. Here's a, here's a question I, I honestly I have and I have to ask this. Why is it there the stereotype that this is the great gateway drug? Is it because it's easily accessible or is it because basically they just want to make sure they keep a stranglehold on the drug as much as possible? On a, on a backside of that, is it also because they figured this drug is more so consumed in the urban community, so it's easier to lock up people of color 
if we continue to keep well, this illegal? Well, it's not cons- the rate of consumption of cannabis is, is roughly equivalent between white users and black users. Black users are five times more likely to be arrested and spend time in jail for using cannabis than white people, but they have the same rate of consumption as studies show. So that the enforcement is targeting African Americans and people of color more so than it is white suburban, uh, you know, teenagers and, and, and homeowners. So there's there's a social justice issue there where, where people of color are being put in jail and, and spending time in jail and, and having criminal records for the rest of their life that keeps them from getting jobs, and white people are using it and laughing about it and, and, and opening businesses now. Um, isn't that, let me, let me ask you, isn't that kind of like a really strange thing that they've kept it away and kept it illegal for so long, but now they literally do want to legalize it. And now who are the people that are going to profit from it? The very people that were saying that, look, it's going to be the Coca-Colas, the Anheuser-Busch's, the, 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 the big cannabis is coming. You had big tobacco, you got big pharma. Now it's going to be big cannabis. And, and the minute that they allow banks to process that cash without, without regard to, to federal laws, it's all over. The, the, the gold rush is coming. There's no question about it. And, and, and back to your point earlier, the market exists right now. It's untaxed and unregulated, and nobody's checking IDs. So if it were legal, and, and you would get rid of you'd run out, the black market would, would well, put a lot of them out of They are checking IDs in Colorado where I went. And right, was... I'm saying in Jersey, nobody's checking IDs. In Jersey, your cannabis dealer is sitting in a basement somewhere, or you're waiting on a couch somewhere, or you're going to his house somewhere. He's not checking your ID. Oh, he's checking how much money you got, because and he'll illegal. sell it to right. anybody. Here's yeah, it's not like a dispensary. It's... And that's what I was going to ask you. This is actually my man, the uh, lighting co- co-director, co-producer, Producer, yeah. Chaz. Chaz, what is your idea about the legalization of it? I mean, that, that's a very loaded question. Uh, what's What about it as far as uh, legalization? We were talking about this last week. We were talking about <clears throat> possibly putting a cap on how many plants you could own because, you know, I mean, some people... I, 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 for one, think it should, you should be allowed to have maybe one or two plants. That's that's for sure, whatever. But uh, I know people like Bill. Bill, you were telling me, like, what was it, like, six is, like, too much. You can end up becoming, like, a weed kingpin if you have too many, which I, I could totally see that if you – if it's – unless it's, like, you're going to do it, like, cap it off, like, per household or something like that. But then again, that uh, I think it was six plants for uh, people in Michigan – and uh, I mean that the people I were talking to were from Flint, so I mean in Flint you should be smoking weed because trying to live with that whole nightmare. I mean, how else can you? <laughs> so wait, well, wait, wait. Six six plants. If you have six plants per household, yeah. Well, that's a lot of plants because if you wanted to be a black market cultivator of cannabis, you could put six in my house. You could put six in my neighbor's house. You could put six in your aunt Tilly's house. Pick six in your grandmother's house, and pretty soon you've got. A hundred plants. That's a lot of cannabis. So the law that, that, that Assemblyman just proposed in, in the uh, in the New Jersey Assembly would allow up to eight plants, Whoa. four of which can be mature at any given time. So you could have four okay. seedlings and four and four mature. I don't know what. I don't know enough about it. Which is, I think this guy. I think this guy has seen the movie How High. 
So <laughs> Method Man had his whole entire lab with a bunch of plants around, and each one was specialized. See this one? This one helps you get rid of bad breath. See this one? This one's in case you fell down the staircase. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. This one cures erectile dysfunction. I mean, that's basically what's going to happen. Well, I know that, that when my mom was battling cancer before she passed, yeah. um, she applied for a medical marijuana ID license, and, and because of Chris Christie's... Uh, you know, absurd obsession. His idea that he's going to protect us, that a man who can't stop himself from eating, is going to protect us from eating. <laughs> um, oh my God. She died waiting for that ID card. Yeah. And, that's, and so I, that I find that shit. hilarious that you said he can't stop himself from eating. Well, I mean, this, Yo, this is the guy that, that, that is going to preach to everybody else about self control and, and call it, it's calling it blood money. And what, what he doesn't realize is. <laughs> The prohibition is where the blood comes from. In other words, when you're yeah. in any kind of contraband, the danger is that you want to protect your turf and you want to protect your product, yep. but you can't rely on law enforcement. No. So if you're a street gang and you're running five corners and you want to protect your turf, you tool up, as the terminology mm. is, and you protect your tool turf, up. you hire muscle. Like now, if you can go to the police... You don't need to hire muscle. And, if, and yeah. if somebody comes and tries to steal your stash, you can go to law enforcement and it's That's a burglary nice. or it's a robbery and it's treated like... What neighborhood you in? I ain't calling no damn police. They might actually take the damn bushes for themselves. In Washington, D.C., <laughs> a man got arrested for possession of, of cannabis a week before the law changed. What weed? A oh week my God. later, the law changed. You know, he went back and they gave him his weed back. Did they? Yeah, Google it. It's a very funny story. Wow. They, they said they, they didn't know what to do. They, they had it vouchered. They released the voucher to them because it was <laughs> legal to possess. I think so, I, see, so but yes, if somebody stole State. your weed in Washington, D.C., you could go to the Washington, D.C. police and say, this guy just stuck a, fun, a, a gun in my face and took an ounce of weed off me. Now, if you're, you can't deal in D.C. at this point, but you can possess it. The, the same thing is going on in Bergen County. They, they, some cop got shot a few years ago in Garfield <laughs> trying to arrest somebody selling four pounds of weed. Four pounds? And, and, the, and the guy that was selling the four pounds of that's weed That's some hot for your ass. That's like, that, that's, like a, that's like a car trunk. That's so much. Sure. Yeah. But, but That's high for your ass. But if he had a dispensary instead of selling it out of the trunk of his car... He'd be fine. He could have gone to the cops and said, hey, yeah. I'm... I'm, I'm Here's your tax, you know? Here's yeah. the thing. We live in New Jersey. You already know in order for you to get a license in New Jersey, when they, first of all, years ago, when they got rid of the anyone could apply to get a liquor's license, at that time, the liquor license was actually affordable if you could come up Cheap. with the property. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the minute they said, no, we're getting rid of them, and you have to buy it from a business that's previously in, the liquor license became value, more valuable than the business itself because people wanted to open it up. So do you believe that an everyday entrepreneur that's got like maybe $50,000 could say, I'm going to open up a shop because I can afford for at least six months, I can afford it. And I know the money I can make out of it, I can then proceed for the next six whatever months. Well, that remains to be seen how you, this licensing com comes about because if they're going to limit the licenses to two per county or eight per county, it's going to be a typical Jersey who met the guy in the diner with the envelope full of cash to get the license. It's not going to be fair and competitive. They're going to call it a lottery. They're going to call it this. They're going to create criteria mm -hmm. and it's going to be 
somebody's Goomba got paid and somebody's friend got the license and they, they'll they have a monopoly. That's, that's I already know that I wouldn't get a license because the Ten Crack Commandments never get high on your own supply. <laughs> I'll be high as hell every day just talking shit to everybody. Why are you so angry? I'm not angry. I'm high as hell. Listen, we got to go to oh a break. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. By the way, when we come back, I really want to talk about Tom. Tom is an interesting man. Yes, he is. Okay, not only is he a councilman for Fanwood, but he wrote two books, Tom? Yeah. Two books. He's also, what is the other thing you do? I'm a volunteer with the rescue squad in Fanwood. And you and you volunteered from MLK? Former EMT right here That's also, amazing. ladies and gentlemen. So, right on. so you're in good hands if anything bad happens. Listen, I, I trust Bill. I'm just meeting you. I, I got to figure that out, but I trust uh, Bill. I'm sure he's better at EM, EMS than I, I am, but I'm out of the job for a long time now. Bill, I trust you. <laughs> you you explain the whole Eric Garner piece of how he was going. You know gone. what? I would love to show that to Tom and, and go over that. What? Eventually we the will. Negligence we're not. The negligence of the FDNY at the Eric Garner day. Oh, well, I've seen that a million yeah. times. I get that. And the EMT there who was... was was like out to lunch and they didn't they didn't do CPR they didn't they I mean, didn't it was, put, they, it was a, they it was didn't a give shit oxygen show. they didn't put in a position yeah, of comfort they didn't it was do anything complete negligence ladies and gentlemen we'll be back in a moment don't go nowhere it's real talk baby yeah that was really that was double tragedy man well i mean they it's tragedy that they took him down and the way they took him down and then i saw that woman with the the EMT just kind of she's like yeah there was nothing there was no effort made whatsoever to do anything for him. yeah Airway, then breathing. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the basic shit, right? I mean, the ABC, A and B were, were compromised. <laughs> and you walked away. He would have yeah. lived if you or I were. I think probably. Well, yeah, we probably. <laughs> he was not killed by those cops. Yeah, you muggy. Because I, I think the way they took him down. And you can go to our website, www.mlk.com. Because he wouldn't give ID. Right. He said he was, he, and once he resisted, no, I know. He that's had no choice. And right. he was a large, large man. Yeah. The guy arrested him weighed maybe 160, 170 pounds. You're asking a lot from a 160-pound guy. Yeah. Take down a 350-pound man and, 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 I know. and be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> Courtney, you want to tell people a little about the service? Yeah, sure. Um, I wish we could see so what was on the screen. Now, I know. We have organized and a stay of service on Martin Luther King Day to make it a day on and not off. Um, we have <laughs> several... <laughs> yeah, you know, you need to get a monitor in here so your guests can see what's on TV. That's the next thing you got to do. Spend what were you doing without telling me? To help others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the director. You keep quiet back there. I got this shit. I'd like to know what was going on. To um, touch others throughout the Shouldn't I be part of this? It's no, what happened was I, know that I cleaned up the computer because when you guys first sat down, the, the middle shot froze. So I had to clean the computer. When I cleaned the computer, it fucked the link up. Oh, of course. It shared it to my page. Personal page. So instead of telling you to stop, I stopped the um, transmission and then I reshot it over to where it should be and then I shared it off there. But we're doing good because the views are still going. So should I do something to share it? Yes, go back to Mr. Director's Reel, look for the live feed. You'll see it live and just share that one. Just say, hey, fucked up, made a mistake. The uh, producer's an idiot. I'm just going to say, hit try again. <laughs> just say the producer's an idiot and there you go. Everything that's going on, political, local, and national. How day? How important of a day is a day like today? Oh, how, how impactful is it? Chris, well, Christian, it's impactful 
Christian's in it. I like it when I get people like that. What's his name? Christian. Christian Odinson. Odinson? You know? He was Santa, dude. That was Odin? That was Santa? Oh, we had Santa here for Christmas. He was really good. Good to be kind to your neighbor and to help others in need, no matter what. So, how much of that conversation was cut out? <laughs> uh, probably like um, two I minutes, but I got it all recorded on my backside. Okay, so you audio still pulled. Talking about how everyone can be great because everyone can serve. You don't have to be the mayor of the town, or you don't have to be a celebrity. You can just be a regular person. It doesn't matter your um, status in the community. You can do something to help someone else. Thank you so much. Yeah, except it's um, it's buff- buffering like hell down here. I'm not on Wi-Fi. Watch this. I think this is some asshole that wants to mess with me. Watch this. Got Who? for everybody. I got Who? fired. Who? We're back. We're back doing what we do best, giving you some of that real talk. Looks like we got a caller on the phone. Caller, state your name, 404-921. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Naj, man. What's going on? Who's this? This is Naj. Naj, what's going on, man? How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Hey, was I supposed to hear all that background talk? What the hell is going on over there? <laughs> is who talking in the background? No, I was talking about a couple minutes ago. Was I supposed to hear that intermission? What was you? What was you <laughs> hearing? <laughs> I, guess, I guess we were bleeding through. I guess so. You can hear us. Yeah. Have to talk to the technical director about this. <laughs> you got to talk to the tech, to the audio tech. He sucks like hell. What's yeah. going on, bro? Oh, that's <laughs> much, man. I mean, y'all can start talking more about the Nazi stuff y'all was talking about in the background. But... Nazi stuff. Nazi stuff. We're oh, you got weed. the wrong show, dude. We're talking about weed. <laughs> they weren't talking about that. So. No, I don't know what y'all talking about, man. I'm just coming in. Man, how you gonna call in and just say what are we talking about? Yeah, You're man, supposed to be on about? subject, man. I'm here to people talk about fast beer and Wi-Fi low. Like I don't know what y'all. Okay. Oh, he heard us, but they didn't hear us on air. That's what it is. Okay, I get it now. He heard us here, but they didn't hear us over there. Okay. See, now I get it, bro. What we're talking about is legalization, but before we get to that, I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to throw you back in the tank real quick, and you can listen to us. I got to talk about something real quick, so give me a second, all right? I want to talk to you guys real quick about this gentleman that is a guest on the show today. His name is Tom. It's Krantz, right? Yeah. Tom Krantz. Tom Krantz is an amazing man in Fanwood and Scotch Plains in the Union County area and all of New Jersey. I discovered this about New Jersey a while ago. We live amongst great people, people who have accomplished great things, people who do great things. Tom has published two books. Well, maybe more than that. But what I see, Budland was the first one, correct? No, that's the one that just came out. That's the the one that just came out? Right. The other one is uh, Live Shot. I published that uh, almost two years ago. Live Shot, Journalistic Heroism in Philadelphia. So you were a journalist by trade. 
Correct. For like 30 years of my life, I did that in Philadelphia awesome. since pretty much college. Oh, cool. Up until two, 2007 when I left CBS. Where are you from in Philly and where in Philly? Were you? I'm from the Northeast. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Are you a Philadelphia Kensing guy? I was in Kensington. I, I only know about Philly cheesesteaks. Where do I go in the Northeast to get a Philly cheesesteak? Shut your mouth. No. <laughs> no. Mr. Direct. No, I was living in Kensington for a good portion of a year. Uh, you know, Fishtown, that area. How long ago was that? Oh, I would say that was about three years now. Yeah. Because we just, my wife and I were just watching a special, a, a news report from K&A, you know, Kensington and Allegheny. Yeah, yeah. It's like the hottest heroin corner in the city of Philadelphia. Now. Wow. I, yeah, things yeah. are really changed I've run there. into a lot of hair. I, well, it's so it's funny. Time, it's, it's getting time really, to make a change. Because it's getting really gentrified right now. But yeah, the heroin over there is, there's a lot of heroin. You know what? It's not, it's not just Philadelphia. It's a problem everywhere now. It's certainly yeah. a problem in our county here. It's all over New Jersey. But... but uh, I've heard yeah, so shooting up in McDonald's. The, the Budland book I McDonald's. just wrote. That's a that's a novel. McDonald's. That's based uh, loosely on some of my experiences in news, and it's about a guy named Bud, who works in a newsroom, and his news director is a. He's basically like the most obnoxious, horrible, sexually harassing, assaulting person. Sounds you can like my think type of. of guy. Sounds very successful. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so uh, the main character, Bud, he basically kills the guy, but he does it in a moment of insanity. Mm. So he's got a good lawyer who gets him a he gets him a mellow jail sentence for involuntary manslaughter. And a lot of the story revolves around Bud and his anger issues because that's you know those are some issues that I had in my life going along. You know, not like pulling, throwing typewriters across the room, but just, you know, getting getting angry and saying stupid shit when you shouldn't. You what know? inspires you to write? Um, I'm too I've lazy always, to write. I want to write, but I'm just too damn lazy to yeah, write. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I've, I've loved writing since I was in 11th grade. Um, I had a great English teacher there and then another one in 12th grade, and they were inspiring. Uh, writing is the way that I feel like I can express myself. A lot of people have ways of doing that. They do sculpture. They do art. Uh, they appear on television. They do. Uh, they produce video and, and and what. But I feel like writing is something that's personal to me. And uh, but you're right about getting started. The hardest thing to do is to start, and then to 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 keep on going. That book that I just wrote that took ten years, and it's only 150 lousy pages, right? <laughs> why did that Why did that take ten years? It's because I started out, it took me forever to sit down and figure out how to start it, and then I walked away from it for months. And then I came back and I wrote a little more, and then it sat for almost two years before I even came up with an ending. It, because all during that time, I had my job, I was doing the council thing, I was doing all these other things, and you know, life gets in the way of your, of some of your more you know, no, personal pursuits. No, I feel you because the book I'm writing is about uh, when Facebook first started, I noticed how people became very isolated and mm -hmm. would say the most fucked up shit. Sure. And I took the actual threads, changed the people's names, and left the details. I changed the people's names, but left the details there. And I actually sent it to a self-publishing people, and they were like, well, you're going to fall into libelism and stuff, li libel laws, because or plagiarism. Because I'm taking the words. I'm like, but these people can't. Oh, like, really? Yeah. I was like, I changed their names. How are they going to know that I'm talking about them? Like, I created up a whole code of how to change their names. Mm. You know, girl number 46. How's she going to figure out she's girl 46? I mean, there's not that many women that are right. five foot two, 300 pounds, you know, that wear pink nail polish all the time. So have you started writing this? <laughs> no, I wrote it. Oh, you did write it. And it comes out to like 200 pages. And it's basically, I talk about the threads, but then I talk about 
what led into the thread. You know what I mean? Right. And what kills me is, outside of that, I need to go back because I need to talk about the, the it, Facebook is such it's the devil, man. Oh man, it's a wasteland. It's a yeah, it it's a place where people go to hate. It's a place where people go to be alone. Um, you know, there's good things. Facebook is the greatest double-edged sword that technology has brought us. You know, it connects you with people. It connects you with family. As yes. an elected official, the people in your town can actually get on and tell you what's on their mind. Yes. The downside is they get on and they tell you what's on their mind. And some of that, <laughs> sometimes that stuff's not so good. But they, you know, I, one of the greatest examples I can give you, there is a, a woman was on the Scotch Plains Fanwood Facebook page, it's the neighbor's page, and one day she typed on, on, on the page, my house is filling with smoke. What do I do? Oh what God. the fuck? What? That's correct. So, you know. That sounds like a Dave Chappelle piece. What the fuck? <laughs> so her first instinct was not to dial 911. It was to sit down at her typewriter or on her phone and ask the community, what do I do? So, do I do? you know, this is this goes to that isolation you're talking about. It did people kind of get walled off with their little phone yeah, and well, stuff? Yeah, that annoys me. Where say, oh, I, I'm looking for information on block. Well, you know, that same computer that you're looking for, you, you want me to go Google something for you? Right, and no, I know what you mean. I mean, it's kind of like... But, you know, sometimes they do ask about things like, you know, is there an ordinance against this? Can I put my leaves over here? You know, what about the dog walking? And that, the local stuff I can kind of see. But, yeah, a lot of people, they, they lean on whoever's whoever's listening, you know, to do their work for them. I will never understand the level of... Because, uh, well, Tom, you know the community we live in. Everybody knows everybody somehow. Basically, yeah. That's There's no way you're going to escape true. somebody. Yeah, and right. it's a scary reality because before Facebook, there are people that you could say, I see you outside, but I don't ever communicate with you outside of these public functions. Right. It's the, now we're in a Facebook group and now I can talk as much shit to you as I want. And for me, it's like, I, I, live, I always say, and I hate to use the words, I'm black and white. I'm right or wrong. Even if I'm on the wrong side, at least I stand firm in what I said. Mm -hmm. It is amazing to me how many people get balls of steel once they're on Facebook. Right. Then when they see you out, hey guy, how you doing? Yeah. Hey yeah. guy. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's, well, I'll never you know, understand it. But I didn't, while we're talking about the book, how can you buy this book? And, and you definitely uh, got to tell people. Yeah. Well, that book, uh, the the novel that I just wrote, Budland, it's on Amazon. Just uh, just search for Bud B U D L A N D. And that's there, and so it's a, it's you know it was like uh, it's it's a little story. I, I basically self-published. Self-publishing is a whole industry in and of itself. The first book I wrote, the live uh, the book called Live Shot, that's a non-fiction book that is about my TV station's coverage of a big story that happened in Philly in 1985, when the city basically bombed a neighborhood to get rid of this radical group. And our station won an award for that, and I just thought there were some interesting things about that. If you don't live in Philadelphia, you probably don't give a shit. But I, <laughs> the FALO, they, they dropped the that was Move M O V E. That was the name of the group, right? But you know, I wrote this book back in the incident happened in '85. I wrote the book. I finished it in '89. Again, it took me a few years to do it. By the time I found an agent, and she she tried to hawk it for a year, nobody outside Philadelphia cared. It was very regional, and there were already two or three other books about this incident that had been going out. So I forgot about it for literally 20 years. And then in 2000,
2016, I said, I'm going to self-publish it. So self-publishing is so easy now. It doesn't cost a thing. You upload it to a company, and the only thing you have to pay for is a proof copy of the book, which costs 10 bucks. Wow. And then they do the distribution. They put it on Amazon. They put it on Barnes & Noble. But they don't get you on Colbert. Uh, they don't get you on Colbert. <laughs> and that's the, the rub is, you know, you can put the book on Amazon, but if nobody knows it's there or cares, it doesn't right. do anything. So then you end up having to do the marketing yourself, which, you know, costs money and it's the sky's the limit on that and there's a whole industry surrounding that but I didn't do it to get rich or to get famous I really just love the writing and I like the process and if somebody else likes it great and if they don't like it okay that's fine so there you have it no that's that's, that's a one percent I, I love that and I love the fact that you said you did it because you loved it that to me speaks more I'm never I'm never gonna make any money on either of these books but that's okay well I don't think I have an ego it strokes my ego a little bit I'm and, a published author uh, that's correct and it's better than Robin liquor stores for the time being so you know and there's nothing wrong with saying that so coming out of that we want to talk about one of the things that you wanted to talk about Tom was volunteering Oh, yeah. I uh, think the videos during a break, you guys will be able to see that I volunteered for Martin Luther King's Day. For Martin Luther King Day, for the um, day, of volu- day of service. Sure. Martin Luther King's Day? Martin Luther King, man, don't make fun how of me of, of how Luther I slur, King's man. Day. Leave me alone. So, with that being the case, you wanted to talk about, like, how important volunteering was for you. I just kind of think that volunteering is somebody something that everybody should do in their lives at one point. Because when you volunteer to help somebody... That's like the basis, the, the, the most basic way you're, ba- you're being a human being. You're helping somebody for no money, no compensation. Um, and there's nothing wrong with feeling good about being a volunteer. When I used to recruit people for the Fanwood Rescue Squad, I used to sit them down at a table just like this and I'd say, look, you're doing this because you want to help people, that's great, but you got to feel like you're getting something out of it too. And if it gets to the point where you feel like you're not getting back, uh, it's okay to do something else, right? But I think that everybody at some point ought to give of themselves. You don't have to be an EMT or a volunteer firefighter. You can, this is uh, true. You can read no. to the blind. I did that in Philadelphia yeah. for a while. Philadelphia had a, a low-power radio station that blind folks got for free. They got a special receiver. And I used to read the newspaper, and I used to read, like, menus, all kinds of stuff that they couldn't read themselves. I, I, I did that. But there's a million ways to do it, and I just think that volunteering is a really important part of life. And Fanwood, the whole town is basically run by volunteers. We have paid people in our administration office, but the mayor... The council, we're all volunteers. We get paid a dollar a year. It's basically the same. All of our boards and commissions are are populated by volunteers. Uh, And these are, you know, people who make actual policy. The Board of Health is uh, populated by volunteers. And that really helps what makes a community great. You get to know people. You get to know your neighbors. And helping people is about as good as it gets, I think. So that's my spiel on volunteers, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Hey, you can't beat that. Coming out of that, and I, like I said, I wanted to really give Tom a chance to talk and talk about himself because that's what we do on this show. We let people talk about themselves and promote, 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 promote. I'm a big promoting, big man. Can I? Can I get I just that. Get my words today. You are big on promoting. I'm Some huge on speaker. Promoting. You are. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, people aren't even here. Is that what you just need a crowd so you can talk more? Oh my help gosh. you talk better <laughs> the, the level of abuse that I'm accepting from people today is really ridiculous yeah but, but they're people you need so you know oh yeah so I got all volunteering you know he gives that's it. right exactly <laughs> he gives it good, good, good way to throw that one right at me I appreciate that so coming out of it we got a newly elected New Jersey governor Phil Murphy 
Phil Murphy is our newly elected governor. And he was sworn in, what is it, a day ago, two days ago? And I heard he had Bob Marley and the Grateful Dead at music. At his, <laughs> you know, oh, did he? I, I saw it on Facebook, so it must be true. Must be. <laughs> it must be true. It was on Facebook. It's on no, the internet. No Think about it. So my question to you, how do you gentlemen feel about, first of all, he ran, I'm going to raise taxes, correct? Yeah, and, and God bless him for, for admitting that we need to raise taxes on, on people making over $750,000 a year. Okay, so that is that platform. missed? So here's my question. Is it missed that people keep thinking that he's going to raise taxes across the board when he's saying, I'm going to raise taxes on those people making a certain level of income? No, it's, it's a Republican talking point that he's out for your money. And, and he's, you know, he's making promises that he can't, he can't afford. And a lot of the promises he made I, I don't think are realistic just because the state has a $100 billion pension liability deficit. But when it comes to a million— Thanks, Christy. When it comes to a millionaire's tax, when it comes to the cannabis tax, when it when it comes to you know any number of, of revenue raising things, that money's already spent. But he hasn't said he's raising income tax on people who make less than seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And I don't make more than seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That's very. I damn sure don't make seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And you know what? If I did make more than seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in the state of New Jersey, and somebody asked me to kick in another two percent. I wouldn't have a problem doing it because I'd still have seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year of income, which is a lot of money. And, and I think people make two, three million dollars a year. A year. Can I say this? I find it funny that a lot of people keep saying, Why should the government get away with taking my money? That's their argument. And my thing is, if you have a certain amount at level of income. Is it really going to hurt you if you are paying a little bit more? So the, the argument is, if they're going to do that to somebody with money, how is that going to stop them from doing it to me? Well, I mean, the, the, we have an electoral process and, and we have a whole legislative process. The problem is that the people with money are running everything. We keep electing very wealthy people who keep doing things for themselves. When you think about what the taxes go for, they go... For education. Well, guess who makes money on education? Any business that needs somebody who can read, write, add, and subtract makes money on an educated workforce. There's not an apprenticeship that they have to go through. They don't have to train anybody to, to, to speak English or, or, or to, to understand what 7% sales tax is to work a register. They get that from the public education system. All their goods and all their services are travel, travel over roads. I don't make money on the roads that I drive to come here tonight. It costs me money to get here. But while it's costing me money to get here on the roads with gas and everything else, Walmart is using those same roads to turn billions and billions and billions worth of profit. And Walmart is deciding that I should pay more in taxes so they can have roads to get their 18-wheelers here, there, and everywhere with, with, with low-cost low goods from China. So when, when it comes to rail traffic controllers, I don't make money on a rail traffic controller. If I ride on an Amtrak, I pay for a ticket, and, and I'm you know riding the rails. But Norfolk Southern and, and CSX and all these other railroads, they have an entire network of, of public agencies that are, that are making sure that the rails are safe so that they can make money on commerce. So the idea that, that we keep getting sales tax and gas tax and cigarette tax, you know, my... 10-year-old car with 180,000 miles pays the same price per gas as somebody's brand new Lamborghini that costs more than my house. 
So, you know, everything is regressive because the people that, that would suffer from a regressive tax structure are, structure are setting up the tax structure and they keep pushing the burden further and further down and concentrating wealth higher and higher at the top. And unless and until taxpayers and citizens realize that we're getting the short end of the stick and that, that we are not really governing ourselves, that when we put reality TV star millionaires and Goldman Sachs millionaires and, and we look at Oprah to save us, Okay, let me tell you this. There is no way in hell I'm ever going to vote for damn Oprah. If she's running against Trump, you're going to vote against her. I don't, listen, I will sooner write my own name in. I will sooner write my (laughs) own name in before I vote for (laughs) Oprah. There is no way in hell I'm ever going to say that I was okay with voting in a woman simply because she was a billionaire and she was the better option to Trump. I well, won't I'm do it. I'm sorry to hear that because Trump has proven to be the most the, the, the most ignorant, crass, selfish. But I didn't vote for Trump. I understand, but but you only get remember this, this is not a big menu that you have. It comes down to whoever the people in the Democratic Party pick and whoever okay. the, people in the Republican Party pick, and then you got two choices, A or B. I'm sorry it is that way. We should do something about it. But the third party, uh, no third party has, has, has been successful. I, I just, I, I hear what you're saying. I cannot see myself voting. No third is going to be successful if we keep saying it's A or B. Sorry. Third parties suck. I can't you're see myself your, doing it. I can't see myself pulling a lever, pushing a button. We're actually writing in and saying, hey, I want Oprah. Unless Oprah's going to give everybody some weed. Okay. <laughs> you get weed. You, you get weed. You get weed. Wow, but, you're easily bought off, aren't you? But to, to Bill's point here, the, the way the system is right now, yes. it was two Christie elections ago. What was the what year was it that Daggett ran for governor as a third as a independent? It was it was the second time Christie ran, I think, or maybe the first. Christie ran in 09 the second time. Okay, so no, 09. I guess it was the I didn't like any. I didn't like either Christie or Barbara Buono. So the third party candidate was, I think, Christopher Daggett, and he had a great platform about education. And I said, "Hell, I'm going to vote for him." Of course, he got killed. And so, how did I feel the day after? I felt like, like a schmuck. <laughs> and you know, you're saying that you're not going to vote at all. You know, Miss, I feel like an I asshole every day. I'm well, okay with that. I do for other reasons as well. <laughs> But you know, you live in the only one of the few countries in the world where vote, voting is like it's a sacrosanct thing. If you got a choice between two people, you're basically choosing one a le- to, between two le- the lesser of two evils. Are you not going to vote, or are you going to vote for the lesser of two evils? And there is a solution to this in New Jersey, and it's called taking over county committee. There's a secret government in New Jersey. What, we got 26 counties. I don't know. 21. 21 counties. I'm sorry. 21 uh-huh. counties instead. I should know this. I forget. Ran for counties. governor and don't know how many counties. counties. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, I'm confusing Ireland with. <laughs> no, I'm Irish. So, so there are 42 people in the state of New Jersey who decide everything. 21 Democrats. They're called party bosses, and 20 Republicans called party bosses. Now, it's the chairman when he's your party. It's the boss when it's the other party. But they're all bosses. <laughs> and they decide who goes on the ballot. And once you get that prime ballot position, whether it's the Passaic County Democratic Organization gave Phil Murphy the party line, 
Phil Murphy won the minute that John Curry gave him the party line. Hmm. When Joe DiVincenzo decided to give Phil Murphy the party line, he won all of Essex County. That that the party line comes with a two hundred thousand vote advantage in the primary. That's a lot. Yes. To get to make up two hundred thousand, I don't think that that me and the and the, and the, the top three candidates combined got two hundred thousand votes. Good so, lord! I mean, I got eleven thousand votes, and I think that the nearest runner-up, uh, you know, I, we could Google it. I don't. I, I'm bad with numbers tonight, so I don't want. I don't wanna embarrass myself. But nobody came close. If you combine the top three primary challengers to Phil Murphy, none of them got anywhere right. near what he got, and and he got that two ways. He spent a lot of money. He, he got the party bosses, and he made a lot of promises. Now, I'm hoping he keeps... Let's not forget the robocalls that started two a year and a half before he even declared. I still got robocalls from Bill Murphy, from Phil Murphy on my freaking answering machine. Oh, my God, it's ridiculous. Oh, it just never ended. We're coming, in, we're coming into another break. Before we go into break, what I want to do is let you guys know, by the way, the guest calling number is 347-205-9571. Big ups to Christian Otison. He was... Uh, it's like delayed. What was his, like name? A his name was uh, Santa, Santa Claus. Santa he was Claus. Santa Claus for a Santa Claus so for our Christmas special. Big ups to Pete. I see that I did it. Up. Big ups to Pete Najera. He said greetings to Bill. It's part of your charm. Pete the Jarrett, Pete Nahara, all right. Pete Nahara, say hello to Bill. And big hey, up to Dan Gass. Dan Gass says, why does it have to come to a two-party choices? I agree with you. We're going to be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Check out the new break that we're coming into. We'll be right back in a moment. Don't do anything. It's real talk, baby. We're going to have some fun and do some, we're going to do some do. We're going to do what we do, baby. <laughs> That's so true about the party boss system, but what do you what do you do? You put in new party bosses? A movement? Our revolution. Ah, I'm ready. I know how calling. I don't like my county. I don't like Jerry Green, the, the Union County guy. I can't stand it. Yeah. I've done it before. Well, he thought he was going to get from Christie, right? Didn't get from Christie. He got off the hook on so many of our residents that are coming out together to really act in Dr. Martin Luther King. How many versions of Chris Christie on the beach do you have hanging in your house? My wife, they keep coming to me. Somebody's got a book on that. My wife loves that. Dr. King was transformative. You know, I. There is a strong, strong I've seen the changes. And I have a day of his running the Trump remembrance. Right. It's such a great way to remember him. Between the time I charged him and the time that case got dismissed, which was a man of honor and man of respect. So this is a great day to be here. Do you feel that we need to do Well, the Bridgegate thing never went away for him. Like, not ever. Yeah, probably. That must have set you back. I mean, did you have a, you had to hire a lawyer for that and do all that? I got a lawyer. Oh. You're a lawyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But in general, the day of service where we're giving back to Henry. I've used that statute on other public officials before I went to law school. What was the statute? Official misconduct. Oh, great. Public officials go to official misconduct. We have a tremendous volunteer No, it sounded so great, man. It sounded so great, but... So they serve on the... I'm sorry it got tossed. No, I don't remember. I just remember it did get dismissed. So judges on four occasions... 
denied motions to dismiss. I do remember that, and it kept on going, but then suddenly prosecutor dismissed it. You know, on a on a prosecutor administratively dismissed it, even though the judge said the charge had merit. How can he do that? How can the prosecutor has absolute discretion? So the case is technically I could charge him again now that Murphy's in, but Murphy appointed Christie's Burger County prosecutor in the AG. So I'm telling you, you got to write this down, man. This is this is nobody cares. This is so good. Oh, people in New Jersey care. What are you crazy? I can't get anybody to give a shit. Really? I told you about that the Board of Ed guy. That's that's an epic. That's a freaking movie, man. He got reelected. I mailed the transcript to everybody in town. This is what he did, and he got reelected. Unbelievable. Oh my. Let's see if I can get it right. I live for the day when a man is judged by his character. No, oh, that's uh, at the JCC. That's a very, that's JCC a very Jewish community center. It's like across the street from the YMCA. So we got the Jews here. We got the Christ the Goyim over here. I used to I used to live in we all just want to be in Wayne. Who we are as and and the YMCA. Mm -hmm. It wasn't doing well since so the YMCA bought it. Oh really? <laughs> Go visit some of the uh, opportunities of service that we have here in my community. Is to get my three boys and uh, bring them along. That's our mayor. I'm making probably neither. I'll go visit, but I'm gonna. <laughs> she likes the camera. Hmm? She does. She likes the camera, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lunch today. Um, I'll be at the library. I'm volunteering. I think I'm supposed to read. But I'm also going to help make sandwiches. There you go. So I'm going to figure out how... Mark, you know, uh, Marklin, you look good, man. Any relation to Brian Krantz from Just Behind? Okay. No. Okay. Thank you guys for, you know, thank, you. thank you so very much for coming out. K-R-A-N-Z, he spells his name, no T in it? T-Z, yeah, I have no T in my name. Tom Krantz. Is awesome. Tom Krantz will be on this week, Bill. Bill Brennan is the co-host. And Bill, do you know I plug you more than anything? No, I appreciate it, though. Hey, hey that's awesome. You're perfect co-host. You're, you're perfect for this show. You're really great. You really keep it moving, and you have knowledge. You have actual knowledge. You actually know what you're talking about. That's that's a good thing. What were we talking about when we went to break? What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the two-party system. What for? I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about the two-party system, and Bill was going to tell us how we can yes, solve that problem in New Jersey. Yeah. We're, but we're also talking about DACA, and right now there is a big um, um, we're demonstration talk about that going on in L.A. Hold on. So. But before we get to DACA, are we on? We are back. We're back doing what we do best, giving you a little bit of real talk. I want to thank you guys that have been tuning in. I was so fortunate to be able to have the mayor of Fanwood and the mayor of Scotch Plains be on the show. I mean, they allowed me to interview them. And let me just tell you, sometimes I'm always scared that when people see me coming, that they're going to be like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? But all my, my videographer could even tell you my interviews sometimes are like the cleanest things you will ever find. Yep. You know, and I always look at people like, have you not watched the show? I saved the antics for the studio. <laughs> you know, unless unless I'm in a bar, then I can cut up a little bit. I, I have segue. Little bit. So coming back out of the break, we have so much to talk about. Um, Bill and I were talking about DACA earlier, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it, again, as usual, there is so much misinformation going on about DACA, mainly because of the nitwit in the highest seat in the land keeps talking shit. 
and blames everything on the, on the Democrats. I, I'm over it. If this seems like I'm going on a soliloquy for the next minute and a half, I am. So leave me alone. It's your show. You can do whatever you want. Tom's a good man. He can come on a show anytime he wants. Actually, Mr. Hand, if I'm here and you're here, isn't it our time? Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, Props to on, Bill, hold man. On, hold on. Was that a breakfast club quote? Best time to reach my high. Spicoli. It's my oh, skull. Wow. So wasted. Wow. No, but what I'm saying is every time I see... Like, I actually call him number 45. On my post, I will never call him by his name. IQ on, 45. On the numbers, on, 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 in general, let me just say this. I'm sick and tired of a president that intentionally plays into the negative base of his base. I'm tired of a president that every time he gets a chance, whatever he's got to do to appease the lowest common denominator of his base, he does. He blames everything on the media. He blames everything on the Democrats. He blames everything on people of color. He blames everything on anyone and everyone that is not, and, and, and Tom said it earlier, which, you know what, let me just give you guys this picture again. Tom, can you say, who does he blame again so they don't accuse me of saying this shit? Everybody who's not a white Christian male. And think about the history of this planet and how many times that has worked for people. Mm -hmm. Going back to the, the beginning of this, this nation itself, when they wanted to, the citizens to fight the American Revolution, there was not, look, the, the, the proletariat in this, in this country was being abused by the, well, the, the ruling class as it was. We didn't get, the working people got nothing out of the American Revolution. The rich people got money out of the American Revolution. And how did they get regular working people to decide to fight against the British for things that they weren't gonna get from the wealthy people anyway? They, 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 they made African Americans and slaves and Indians the enemy. They gave them a little bit more than slaves and indentured servants. And they told them that their plight was because of the slaves and the indentured servants and the British. And then, and they conscripted them into that war. And Hitler did it. And and then in, in when during the Civil War, they when they brought the Irish over here, you had a nationalist sentiment there. And everything and every time you got somebody saying, my group over all other groups, America first, nationalist this, nationalist that, you're pitting people against one another so that they don't turn on you. Because if the people of this country ever sat down and looked at what's really going on and turned on the wealthy, there would be a bloodbath like you've never seen before, and the quality of life and standard of living would improve for all of us. I want to give a quote from, from Lyndon B. Johnson, and I put it on my page the other day. Now, understand people love to talk, use the quote uh, from Lyndon B. Johnson, I'll have those niggers voting Democrat for the next 200 years, right? They love that quote. And I always love these apologists who love to quote stuff like Martin Luther King or anyone else that suits their need and defends their stance. But they never use this one, and I have yet to see a conservative use this one. If you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pockets. Hell, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. And it happens every single just. And who said that? The same thing. Lyndon B. Johnson. He said and that's the thing it's Johnson Gary, it's Gary, it's I looked it up to make sure and, and I and I went to one of those places where they said, is it factual or not? History is a weird, weird thing. Because people will pick and choose quotes 
in order to defend who they are and what they're standing for. But they will never use the quotes of said people that actually goes against what they're saying. So up and down, I would go into conservative sites and they would say, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson said that the Democrats had to, you know, get the civil rights thing and be with you just so that they could get black people voting for them for the next 200 years. An insult to think that since the 1960s, black people haven't educated themselves enough to know if somebody's for them or against them. Just in general. Don't care what side you're on. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is for black people? What party? What are they doing for, for people of color? Exactly. Well, the Democratic Party is, is not, I mean, I, I don't think it's brainwashing. I think, I think that the, the problem is that nobody is standing up for African-Americans except for African-Americans. Mm-hmm. And African-Americans then among themselves will, will segregate themselves. That You've got black men who will, who will use faggot this and trans that, and then they, and they'll, they'll marginalize oh, other people. buddy, buddy. There's a lot. And, and so everybody wants to find feel better about somebody else, and nobody wants to say, you know what, we're all humans, and, and we all have basic needs. And, and there are a, there is one minority in this country, a one minority in this country that is fucking the planet up. And that's the rich. And they're a very small minority. One percent. So that one, even if you took five percent, 95 percent of this country is serving five percent of this country. And it's not it's not in any way anything that we can't undo ourselves if we just stop looking at each other as the enemy and turn around and realize we're being played and we're being played hard. And, and I love that you said that Dave did you see the Dave Chappelle special no in a Dave Chappelle special he talks about when he goes to vote for Trump and I advise you guys to go watch it the reason why Dave Chappelle is so great is when he tells you a joke and it sounds like it's about to just be a punchline of us oh, it's no way it could happen it's a perfect, perfectly lined setup that makes 100% true. He's standing in line, and he goes, he saw the poorest of the poorest white people in line say, Trump's for us. <laughs> he loves us. He speaks for us. He knows what we're thinking about. <laughs> Dave Chappelle, in his mind, goes, you stupid motherfuckers. Trump's for me, because I just got $50 million. <laughs> like... He gets it. Yeah. And anybody with money, Puffy, these athletes that stupid Trump is calling a uh, calling a sons of a bitches and shit, they all understand that, listen, these these policies coming down are going to help them because they do have money. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this tax. But party. who they are at their core won't vote that way nope. because he's an asshole. And I get it. I have friends that are black conservatives, and I'm like, listen, everybody could be a house Negro if they want to. Don't make a difference. Sometimes you want to protect yourself and protect your investments, so you vote with people that are against your investments. John Leguizamo said, Spanish people for Trump is like roaches for raid. You're you're, you're killing yourself. And and, and just, you know. Black people just use, black and and Spanish people use the most colorful analogies ever. about the, the design you know and, and the dumbing down of this country I mean the, nothing is being taught in schools other than it, it you know back to the comedians have always got it right George Carlin has got it right they want you just smart enough to work the machines and, and make money for them but too stupid to understand you're getting fucked you know what's amazing about that not to interrupt you what's amazing about that and I'm glad we're talking about it we're talking about a whole lot of things what's amazing about that is the way the school system was set up that's what it was set up for the school system was set up as an industrial supplier 
of worker bees. Well, not only that, the whole calendar that we're following is is is, is based on farm schedules. The yes, got to get out and work the field all summer, and 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 then they can come back after the harvest and go back to school all winter. So, I mean, nothing is being done to educate people, to enlighten people. We're we're regressing into another dark age, where where music and art and freedom and, and everything else is being taken away from us. But with not this time, they're smarter. We're giving it away. We're you know we're we're holding almost up. almost we're, freely. We're, 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 we're giving up. We're on video everywhere we go. They can they can record our phone calls. They can they can listen on whatever you do. They they're, they're taking they're they're talking about taking books out of out of various places it's censorship and they're overloading us with with nonsense the reality TV and the people are agreeing with it mm. i think i'm more scared of the people that agree with the nonsense i'm more scared of the people that seem to not have a problem with saying yeah you know we do need to you know ban those books we do need stricter laws for like yeah the guy says i'm not doing anything i don't care if the government knows everything about me well you know fuck you i, yeah, I like to have some privacy in my life i don't think that the government should know everything i do and every word that i say and every email that i send and i and i'm not confident that that the government doesn't have access to our emails right now edward snowden um to Julian Assange, they have released a lot of information that says the NSA is is involved intimately with the personal details of our lives. Oh my God! There's not more. Not getting warrants. Not to cut you off, we got a caller on the phone. Caller, state your name. Six one two four zero seven. Yes, sir. My name is Mike. Mike, what's going on? It's your man, Mister Direct. How you doing? Doing all right, man. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to ask you guys, if you guys already commented on the whole, uh, you know, uh, Trump comments with the whole asshole and talking about different countries. And, uh, you know, you know, Mike, we didn't get too deep. We didn't get to that real quick, but I'll tell you what, sir. The reason why we call the show Real Talk is because that's what we do. So if you want to say, what's your thoughts on him saying asshole? Shithole. Shit, he shit, called it a shithole. Shithole. Shit then he said, what, did he, what was the other word he said, Bill? No, then, then they said he didn't. The first they denied it, and he says yes. he, they used the word shit house instead of shit. Okay, that makes different. That, that makes, makes Urban better. a liar. So, Mike, what's your view of him using that term? What do you think? Well, my, my number one issue is the, with the whole the way the media's pretense of being all offended and all upset. Like, how dare he so much say something like that? And I just think this is all a whole big song and dance, bunch of nonsense. I mean, where was this when? During the previous administration, this hyperanalyzation of every little thing this guy does. I, I don't remember this constant 24-7 analysis of everything Trump says and does. And this is all based on the fact that Dick Durbin basically came out and told everybody what he said in a private meeting. It's not like he held a press conference and said this publicly. That's the only reason we even know about this. Mike, can I ask you a question? And that's why I'm just wondering. Mike, can I ask yeah. you a question? I mean, this, this wasn't a really a private meeting. This was a policy meeting where, where he was attempting to set immigration policy based upon the color of people's skin. And, and he referred to, to some advanced nations as shithole nations, and he was very derogatory about that. But, you know, during the Obama administration, if he wore a tan suit or his wife exposed her arms with a sleeveless dress, he was castigated and, and, and run up and down left, right, and sideways by the Rush Limbaugh's and Sean Hannity's of the world. And now you have the President of the United States saying that these countries are shithole countries and, and trying to deport people 
you know, on a massive basis, and and that's okay. I don't understand where the double standard came from. I mean, if if, if Barack Obama decided that maybe this this professor who got his house broken into should have a, and had a beer summit to try and resolve the issue between law enforcement and and that and that professor. And that was a big deal. It went on for three months about how this was terrible and that was terrible. But here you have a story about the president of the United States paying off a porn star for sex that he had with her 30 days after his son was born. And and we got to move past that because we can't hyperanalyze what this guy does. Time out. I wish I had $130,000 to pay somebody off about some sexual adventures. I'm not saying it's right, but I damn sure wouldn't mind paying $130,000 to get the nut? Come on! That's too much. These are people who didn't believe the president was... Go ahead, Mike. But let's, let's be clear about what you're saying. When, when he brought up when he brought up the issues of people being critical of Obama, he said it himself. He said Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, meaning by that that is the minority. Meaning you refer to a talk show radio host and someone from Fox News. In the case of Trump, we're talking about every major news outlet, everyone from the New York Times, Washington Post, CBS News, ABC, CNN, MSNBC. I go down the list. And, and, and Mike, every news network. Mike, those same news. Hold on, those same news outlets were not critical of President Obama. Mike, and if you're honest, you know that. Mike, I, I, I know, I know. Who voted for Obama. Mike, I know for a fact that every news outlet carried that story about his birth certificate for years. It took years for, uh, for, for, for even Trump to admit that, that Obama was born in the United States and was able to be, and was fit to be president of the United States. And they covered every crazy thing that, Ob- that Trump said about Obama made it to every major news outlet in the country. I don't think you're being honest about it. I don't think Obama did anything. No, 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 no. Listen, I- I'm asking you a direct question. Are you telling me that there's not liberal bias in the majority of the news media in this country? I don't know what you consider liberal. I don't think there's any liberals in office anymore. I think that that, that the today's Democratic Party is the Republican Party of the 1980s, and there is no liberal Democratic Party. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me make it let me make it easier for you. Now, when you watch Fox News, can you tell that Fox News is biased towards the right or towards conservatives? Yes. Okay, so it's evident, right? And you can see it clearly. Yes. Okay, now, are you a liberal or do you consider yourself progressive or left? I'm progressive. I think liberal is, is, liberal is okay, conservative so, now. Okay, so do you think that maybe part of the problem may be the fact that because you're progressive, you don't necessarily notice uh, bias towards your side versus when you're easily able to notice when there's bias to the other side politically? Uh, I think that, that maybe, you know, for those of us who aren't to the left like you are, we can see the, the, the same liberal bias on the other side? Do you no, think that might be a possibility? I'll answer your question for you. I, I, I think that the media is biased towards corporations and it has nothing to do with one side or the other or, or policy ideology. I think that, that there's a corporatism. It's not a liberal media. It's not a conservative media. It's a corporatist media. And their whole agenda is to oh. make sure that wealth is concentrated in the hands of fewer people and that working people have less to subsist on because they need to keep paying more to the wealthy. I don't think the media is in one way or the other concerned about 
who wins, except now that they're being attacked by this administration for reporting factually on the, the, the dishonest things that Trump says. Now, because, hold on for a second, Bill. Just I, I want to okay. say this, not to talk to you. Mike, hold on. Mike, Mike, hold on. Mike, hold on for a second. This is what I want to say, and, and, and it's kind of on what you guys are saying, but I want to go towards what Mike's saying about media bias. Trump is a marketing genius. He manipulated the media to get all the attention he wanted so that he was on people's brains 24 hours a day. So when you go to vote, hey, what's that guy's name? Like the stupid movie, The Distinguished Gentleman. It's the name you know. People would vote according to that. That being said, he's a victim of his own work. I don't want to hear anybody complaining about the 24-hour-7 news cycle on Trump. When Trump was giving all these guys everything that they wanted. Every time somebody was like, we want you on our show. Chump was Trump, Chump. Jackass was calling these news stations and caught in lies one after another. He'd call ABC, tell them one story. He'd call CNN, tell them another story. Then he would call Fox News, tell them another story. So now that he's getting called out, and now that people are holding them to task, and he's calling everybody fake news media, fake news media, they weren't fake when he needed them to get his ass elected. So when you come on here or any place and start talking about bias, he's part of the bias. Well, he no, played that, people. He got more coverage for free from every major exactly than Hillary did. Okay, so Harvard put out a study where they showed that there was over ninety-three percent of the most of the newsstream, uh, mainstream news media coverage of Trump during the campaign was negative. It was overwhelming. It wasn't even close. Did you know that anyone could turn on television? You could saw it. If whether it be the late-night talk show hosts, celebrities, all the all the people involved in Hollywood and media. All the major news outlets during the campaign were clearly supportive of Hillary Clinton and were in blatant opposition against Trump. Well, let me ask you a question, Mike. I don't even know how anyone's going to debate that. Mike, because I'm saying to you. Mike, let me answer. You asked me a question. I'm trying to answer it for you, Mike. I'm going to answer it for you again. All publicity is good publicity when you're running for office, which was the point that Mr. Direct just made. Name recognition is the key to winning an election in a low information voter's mind. Well. Now, now the, the next point that I want to make is he took up all the oxygen in the room during that campaign. But I want to ask you a question because I answered yours. Well, hold on. We got another you? caller coming in, so you got so you gotta wrap this one up. I got another Does caller. Does it bother you when he gets caught telling lies? Absolutely. I oppose them on several policy issues. And anytime right, it's great. accurate, I'm with that. But when <laughs> I see a media that con- comes together and makes up these whole, you know, situations and then comes at it uniformly with the Democrats. What did they make up about him? What lie did the media what lie did the media tell about him? This is what's been done. What lie? What lie? What hold on gentlemen, gentlemen, Mike. We will be back live again next week. I got to take this next caller, Mike. We are here every Thursday. Bill loves debating. I love the fact that you called in. And I want to know what lie the media told about Mike, Donald I got, Trump. You got a week to find one. Mike, you got a, you got a week to find yeah, one. What the wiretap? What the wiretap? Remember when, when Trump came out? Oh, get the hell out of here. Call back next week, Mike. We're good. That, that, that was true. <laughs> Hold on. It's your man, Mr. Direct, saying what we do, doing what we do. Thanks to Mike that just called in. Oh, and the caller dropped. Oh, damn it. <laughs>
Get Mike back. I want to fix that coming. Mike, where are you? <laughs> yeah, Mike, please call back. Mike, if you want to call back, I apologize, but you guys can't take up 20 minutes. We got to go to break number three. <laughs> that is what Real Talk is all about. People get to interact with the callers. People get to interact with the hosts. We get to do what we do best and share you with some Real Talk like only your man, Mr. Direct, can give you that Real Talk. It's fire, baby. Woo, Lord, Lord. I think the Reverend Reggie needs to show up somewhere. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go nowhere. It's Real Talk, baby. It's cocaine in a can, baby. We're still here at the doctor. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that. Do you know where these guys call from? Yeah, it shows me the area code. That was actually um, good shit. <laughs> <laughs> when I went like that, I wanted you to signal to him like, yo, oh. cut it. Because they were running on and I wanted to get the next caller. And some people will only sit for like a minute in a tank. So when call we get, back. You got call right I got, but I don't like to call them back and be rude. But if they want to call back, I'll take the call. But yeah, it's perfect. Just what I want. You going after them. Perfect. Thank you. Day of service. At the Jewish like a plant. Huh? You know what happens? That running. guy. We're still here yeah. at the Jewish community when I was running. This guy friend of mine, I like commenting on my stuff. Very public and unimportant. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's whatever. I blocked him. Trump gets elected. I'm here with Sean. Yes, he's a donor to the Trump campaign out of Texas. Got involved in some corruption with the Trump campaign. He was on a like this. We ought to Trump fucking with me on Facebook. Why? Sure. Because of the Christie thing, I guess. Wow. Nonprofit. We offer a literacy program to homeless youth that are residing in a shelter program that's housed by local. Well, much like Donald Trump, Chris Christie was his own worst enemy. Started out with so much hope, and then he just he just flushed it down the toilet every time he opened his mouth. You're a different brother. No. Brother Todd got involved in very, very riskless trades when he was trading at some firm. You know what? Uh, a local congregation asked mm. myself and my husband. Oh, uh, but not him, huh? A uh, church in the community, Kingdom Life Cathedral here in Scotch Plains. And they asked us if myself, my husband, and any of our church members uh, would like to come and volunteer to feed the homeless families. And you know, I went and I did that and I left feeling very unfulfilled. Then it was very rewarding for me. The Harrison train station. Remember when the mayor of Harrison endorsed Christie? Yeah, right. So he got a new path station. Sure. In Union County, Six months before they announced. And I said, I need to do more. What can I do? And she said, you know, well, we have a need for a literacy program. We don't have one. Do you think they can come up with something? And I was like, absolutely. That's right up my alley. As a former private preschool teacher in Sweden. Wow. What's that? Do you know that well, he's gone now. So what's he gonna do now? Teach? He's gonna watch so many people to work for the administration. I do yeah. think because so many people technology, we are not turning to books as often. Um, sometimes, you know, we have but over ten thousand books in storage, and that's because people are Mueller's getting rid of books, just and most of it is moving to tablets. But, but you know, I really Pence. encourage technology as well. And well, Pence is, of I don't know, he's worthless. Uh, I just want people to know that literacy is everywhere. Whether it's on a tablet, whether you're doing a recipe, you're learning units of measure, you're reading the material. I don't know. Encourage your children to read as well. Wow. I don't know. I keep thinking that 
Mueller's going to get this close, but he's never going to actually touch Trump. You know that whole thing. Uh, he's got actually, his financial records. He's got his financial records. Doing the immigration legal service. Uh, I think it's so important to get out here in our community, not only to let Fire Fire and Comey was witness tampering. I think it's really important to continue on the mission of Dr. King, who wanted us to serve our fellow man despite religion. Can only keep our keep our fingers crossed. I can't imagine three more years with that fucking group of people together uh, just yeah. under the you know yeah, notion of coming out time. to read that's awesome to me what's your favorite dr king yeah, uh, my favorite dr king quote that's right actually really about. good you know i don't have one off the top of my I was watching. Did you watch the the White House doctors' news conference yesterday, or see the chunks of it? When he came out and said Donald Trump weighs 239 pounds, I almost fell off my fucking chair. You got to be kidding me! Time message. He's a little taller than me, but he's built kind of like me. Maybe not quite as much. I'm too. I'm too like 85. Too 85? Yeah. Look at all these football. I mean, I saw it on Facebook today. This guy here, he's 239. He, he's, there's no fucking way. There's no way. They lie about everything. They lie about everything. Yeah, but that doctor was supposed to be, you know, Obama loved him and George Bush loved him. And I, I don't know. There's no maybe, way maybe Donald Trump is... Maybe they loved him because they hid them. Didn't tell anybody what medications Obama Maybe, I don't know. Thank you guys for joining us. See you next week. Bye. We're still here. Okay, we're back. We're in delay, but we're back. I'm good. I'm good. I'll just end up having to pee again. Yeah. How much longer we got? Oh, 12 minutes. We are back. We are back. Let me turn that off. I think we might have a special caller in any moment. I don't know. We're going to keep it around. There was a special meeting going down in Bordentown about the police chief who was an openly arrogant piece of shit racist who spoke about black people as if as he actually quantified them as being... I think he equated them to being like ISIS. They don't matter and we don't give a fuck about them was some of the verbiage he used. It was an undercover sting. Uh, The young lady that might be calling in, her name is Leah Shaw. Bill called me in and had me, you know, put in touch with her earlier today. So I'm hoping she calls in any moment. I made a call out to her. She hasn't here. But if she does, we're going to be ready because we have the footage and we'll play the If she calls in, we'll play the footage first because that's what we do here. We're real talk. Some of y'all think I'm joking when I tell you this is the shit I live for. I live for this shit. I love it. People get it. It is what it is. But going out of a break, we were talking about the lies that this man, Donald, I, I hate every show to be dominated by this motherfucker. I really do. I know people get us, but we gotta we gotta move forward. We were talking about DACA, and when we were talking about DACA, it seems like Bill and I were talking about the uh, message that these idiots on. Ooh, we got a caller. Here we go. Caller's back. Let's see if they take it. Here we go. Caller, state your name. Hi, listen, I just want to say I'm listening to the show and I'm not the special guest that you're waiting for, but I do have a quick request. I'm enjoying the show. I'd like to know if you, I'd like to know what you all think about the BitConnect tragedy. I'm I'm just so desperate to hear someone speak on it. I think it was the grand scheme of the century. And I, I if you all get time, could you please address it? You know, the you're the, you're the second person to talk about that. The um you're talking about the uh, the the bit the Bitcoin, right? No, the Bitconnect. 
it's a company it was a it's a crypto coin lender who tricked people into loaning them their bitcoin mm. and they would in turn give them something they called a bitconnect coin and bitconnect crashed they they told the the people who gave them their bitcoin that the bitconnect uh. was worth 363 dollars it crashed people are unable to get their money back and the value of what they're left holding is only worth 26 dollars well, i mean and they're, they're and people are posting suicide numbers for people to call so that they don't jump off of buildings and so forth can i ask you bitcoin <laughs> idiot i don't know can anything I ask you really when did this happen ma'am can i ask you when did it happen yesterday they finally closed they shut down and people are unable to get their money back well i you know i i don't know the specifics of this is the first I'm hearing of it is is from you today, but I, I would not be surprised if government actors were involved in that because cryptocurrency is a threat to government control over the monetary supply. Didn't one of your guys talk about that earlier? He wanted to talk about Bitcoin. Yeah. Sorry about that, Bill. Yeah, uh, Dan Gastaldi, he brought up that he wanted to hear about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. What do we think about it? Okay, I'm so not I, to cut you off. Bill, not, not to cut you off, Bill. I'm sorry. I did look it up right now, and I'm looking at it, and it says that crypto cash exchange BitConnect shuts doors amid Bitcoin bloodbath. Is this what you're talking about, ma'am? Yes, people have lost millions of dollars. Some people people are committing suicide. Ponzi scheme. And I, it. like the gentleman said earlier, I think what he was elaborating on was that it is a pyramid scheme. It was a pyramid scheme, and it was elaborate. And it worked. So it's like these guys really legally can't go to jail because they exchanged a product for something. They gave the people something in return that was worthless. Only the people didn't know it. According to what I'm reading, the firm dodged by accusations that it, that it is a Ponzi scheme, cited, cited bad press, regulatory orders, and cyber attacks for its market exit this week. So it seems from what I'm reading, I'm scheming through this, skimming through it. I'm not going to tell you that I'm an expert, but I will look this up. And if you want to call back in next week, Bill and I will touch on this shit again. We love talking about anything and everything. And you're like the umpteenth person to bring up Bitcoin. So I'm going to do some fact finding on it. But it seems to me because Bitcoin is not a legitimate actual thing that you can hold. It seems to me that anybody that would invest it and please those of you out there that says I'm an asshole for saying this, why would you think that you can cash in something that has no value, like it has value, but you can't touch it for something that does? Well, the answer is you got a piece of paper in your pocket that has value to it because you assign value to it. You agree it has a particular value. I mean, the currency, unless it's, you know, fiat currency is just that. It's, it, you know, the, the, the U.S. Reserve and the federal government, can, they can print as much currency as they want, and there's no gold or anything backing it up. It's just because somebody said it has value. So if you trust the government, you trust paper money. If you trust this process that they've created for Bitcoin, then then you trust Bitcoin as, as, as a, a, a currency. Ma'am, can I ask you, did you invest in it? No, sir. And, and I want to quickly explain to you, so many people are saying, why would you invest in BitConnect or Bitcoin when there's nothing backing it? You know, and, and then they throw that fiat currency, argue that fiat currency is backed by nothing. I disagree. Fiat currency is backed by a military. That's a big, that's a major difference. Okay. Bitcoin is backed by absolutely nothing, nothing. Just well, poof, in thin air, people are backing this 
and and the BitConnect scam has caused Bitcoin to plummet because now people are seeing it's a pyramid screen scheme, and they're cashing they're with they're cashing their Bitcoin in for fiat currency, and so it's it's just like a race to the bank, and it's causing the numbers to plummet. But what is interesting is that there are people who put their houses, who bet the farm on this BitConnect, not Bitcoin, but BitConnect. So people who had already gotten a lot of money from Bitcoin, took that Bitcoin and loaned it to BitConnect, BitConnect cashed out and left the people holding the bag. So in essence, there are people who invested like $75,000, now they're left today with 3500 well, they, they were the victims of fraud. Or a quarter of a million. Every, every new product, every new currency, every new thing is going to have a new scam that relates back to somebody committing fraud. It's a confidence game. It's like the man running the White House. It's a confidence game. There's nothing behind him either. I will, I will say this. In investment, in anything you do in life, if it sounds too good to be true, probably is. It probably is. Of all the things my dad <laughs> ever said to me, of all there the things, you know when you don't listen to your parents because you're like, what the hell do you know? But your parents have lived longer than you and you're a kid, so you think you know more, like whatever. My dad always said it to me, and those are the one words, and I, it, it was amazing when I got into sales and it was this one little thing, and I was like, dad, if I do this, and if I do this, I'm gonna make money, and he goes, son, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And Bitcoin to me, and BitConnect, it all sounds too good to be true. You're investing in something that really isn't anything, but you're hoping that you're gonna break the bank and make a lot of money on it. Caller, can I get your name again? Yes, my name is Sapphire. And, and <laughs> Sapphire. I wanna tell you this, they use the KISS method, K-I-S-S, -S, which is keep it simply stupid, and people fell for it. It's, when you guys look into this, it's really sad. I'm, I'm smirking, but it's very sad. There are guys literally now saying, my wife is going to leave me. One guy took his children's tuition and, and put his house in hock to invest in BitConnect. And they have closed down. Can you imagine? Well, I, mean, I, I would, but, uh, just on that note, I mean, it, 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 it's it's fraud for sure, and, and and somebody should be prosecuted for it. But people are doing that at casinos and racetracks every day, and the government sanctions that. So you know, we've got to be careful about what we, you know, there's just people have addictive personalities and gamblers people who are addicted to gambling mm -hmm. would fall for this sort of confidence scheme where hey you can get rich quick by doing nothing and and it goes back to what what mr direct was saying that there's there's no there's no get rich quick scheme it's it's all a matter of of risk and reward and people took a tremendous risk hoping they were going to get a, a terrific reward and they got conned they got scammed because their bitcoin had a value now, I don't know why they got into a derivative of Bitcoin when they were already in Bitcoin. It just doesn't seem logical to me. But people don't understand what they're getting involved in. It's like going to a roulette wheel with $1,000 well, in tuition. You've got to... Can I say this? Can I say this? The man's wife that left him because he lost his shirt, obviously she wasn't there for the right reasons. And we could talk about that on the adult but conversation in two weeks. <laughs> 
But we didn't let her plug. know that Shameless he, plug. We didn't let her know that he took out a HELOC on the house. You see what I'm saying? He took out a HELOC and the ch- they paid the tuition annually for their children. He oh, didn't let her geez. know that he used that to invest. Not only that, the government came in and said the de- de- assist, uh, cease and assist. Cease and desist. Cease and desist notice. I'm surprised Texas, I knew how to say it. I believe it's Texas and North Carolina and told them that they could not run the scam in those states. Now, if that wasn't, wasn't a warning, I don't know what was. They continued to put money into it. You know, Even I, after these people were served notices. For my money, ma'am, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I feel those people's pain. But every time I read about Bitcoin and I read about it because I don't... I'm still not quite there as to what I know it's cryptocurrency and I know it's kind of it's kind of made up money in my mind, but it's still such a new concept and it's still such a new thing to put that much money and to invest that much money into something that's basically air. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. 100%. The advantage to it is so that you could buy contraband and not have a, a, a paper trail. Call it. I want to thank yeah, you for calling in. We got to let you go right now. Call in next week. Bill and I will actually look further into this and we will make sure do a whole that show on Bitcoin. We'll make sure that we have a whole conversation about Bitcoin. You are welcome to call back in next week. We will be here the same day, the same time. Still talking shit cuz it's Mr. Direct's real talk beer politics and it's what we do. Thank you for calling, caller. Woo. We got to go to the last break. We got to listen. We almost we're, at the end of the show, man. We're over. No, we're we're listen. Remember when I told you I made a mistake, so we're going to keep going, okay? So we got a little bit more to go. Trust me. Nothing. I got you. Nothing's over till I say it's over, damn it. We'll be back in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an alarm going off somewhere? (laughs) Never leave your pizzas burning. Rolling Yeah, that whole Bitcoin thing, I don't quite get. You know, investing in... It's a thing. No, I know. I see that it, uh, just, CNBC was following, you know, the Bitcoin market. is there's, It's an actual market, and it's like a real thing, but I don't get what's behind it. You know, I get that money is, you know, there's actual money behind money. But what's behind Bitcoin? That's the name of the show. But what is behind I did look at your show to see that. The only reason she said the military is behind yeah, I didn't get that. The military's behind. No, she said the military's behind. Right, right, right. Military. How impactful was Martin Luther King on you? So every uh, I was to Shabbat to come around Martin Luther King Day to recognize the Senate Shabbat. But I have been doing, since I've been here at my congregation, I've been reading one of his speeches yeah. out loud. Hey, this guy you're interviewing here, is this Rabbi Abramson? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to do a show. I can talk to you about it. There's a show concept I had. To I get a rabbi. It's a bad, it sounds like a bad joke. A rabbi, a priest, an imam, and a Southern Baptist you know, minister. I want to get them all at a table together. Writes a and we talk about religion, like politics Joseph, of religion, why you here in prison and what's the why differences, the only one here? and what's the commonality that they have with each other. Oh, that's easy. You just do the Scotch Plains Fanwood Ministerium. There's a group like that that exists. They meet like three times a year. But I want to do it live. Yeah, get them in here, right? I want to do it live here, or I go someplace and do it live, and we literally pull the cap off of, okay, now you actually get to ask the question. Because the here, I've got family and friends from every religious faith. Right. 
Why are we choosing to divide ourselves on religion? You've got to have an atheist on the panel if you're going to do that. What'd you say? That's right. You have to. Exactly. Well, I would love that. I don't. Oh, I know enough atheists. So I'll come on and argue about the existence of God. Drop off cans here. Drop off food there. At least there is no organized religion that is a true religion. All right, call in. That has found God. They're all bullshit. Every single one. Organizations, the mayors. I found more religion and spirituality in A meetings than I did in any other uh, any other place I've ever been. That was like a month. That was God. Let's make sure you maybe not God. I was I called it my higher power, but it was I got more out of that than I did in any any church or synagogue. Huh? Well, it's just that, and you know, it's the idea that there's something. Oh yeah, all that stuff. Fantastic. Little Bo. They're doing a couple of interesting uh, informational programs, mm -hmm. and we're doing three, two or three projects at the temple. I have to go open the door and set up there. Perfect. I think I'm, I got to go right and talk to them because I've got to. No, no. Just got to say, I got to get Courtney because I got to volunteer to do lunches. Great. I'm, I'm volunteering to do lunches and I'm reading. Good. I know that. What is his most powerful? You mean just now? So the commercials will be playing. And well, we didn't talk badly about anybody. I don't think. No, just that our mics were being picked up the whole time. <laughs> Well, you know, it's the act. Sorry. Oh, I don't care. I don't Where care. Was he when he was We're good. I don't care. We're talking over commercials. Garbage. <laughs> right? Nobody cares about garbage workers. Martin Luther King said, so, you know, yeah. just, just, just. Uh, that's what makes it fun. Let's talk about the Chiesa Lofa. Anyone has said. Chiesa. Chiesa. As in Jeff Chiesa? Yeah. And he was about the rights for everyone. You know what Lofa meant, isn't it? No. Formerly Wolf Samson. Now it's just David Samson, the bridge. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just changed the name. He's still in business. He's running Atlantic City right now. So he's a lawyer with that firm? Yeah. And they changed the name. He's, he's, it's now his name? It's now his firm. Oh, that's interesting. His mother... Stayed at um, when hmm? she was alive. Stayed at one of our assisted livings in Bridgewater. And one day he came by and brought the governor with him. And it was this governor was running for re-election at the time. They spent an hour taking pictures with every single senior citizen they could find. It was really quite lovely <laughs> because they loved it. Oh, Christie is um, he's one of those guys. He fills a room with his bullshit. And I got and I got so. Huh? Yeah, Chiesa, what a great job that was. He had to do nothing. He's, got, he's, got a sh he's getting a shitload of money per hour to run Atlantic City right now. To run Atlantic City? Because they were to receive a shit. Oh. And so that's the law firm that's 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 doing that? Hurry up, I know. Shut up. So what, what he, uh, it's good to meet you too, man. Thank you, Chaz. Appreciate it. Take care. Should have gone live with them doing that. Yeah, I wondered what happened to him. He was only senator for not even a year, right? AG for a while. That's what he was, and then Christie made him senator when Lautenberg died, right? But that wasn't long. And he didn't. He did nothing. He basically was a placeholder for to, so that they, Christie didn't have to run against Book. We are back. We're back live, doing what we do best, giving you guys just a little just a little bit of real talk because that's what we do we give you real talk i want to thank everyone that tuned in this is basically the end of the show 
I give everybody an opportunity to say goodbye because we're going to wrap it up. And before we do that, obviously, the lady that was going to call in did not call in. And that happens. It's not a big deal. We don't worry about it. But what I wanted to do is give Tom another chance to be able to talk about, you know what? Talk about what his show, man. That's it. Just talk about it. Be about it. Be part of it. You guys got to find out about his book. His book is there. Tom, tell people about your book. Uh, just real quick. Uh, it's called Budland, B-U-D-L-A-N-D. It's about a guy named Bud. It's fiction. It was written by a guy who's been in TV all his life. So that means it's all about short declarative sentences, very simple concepts, and it moves along nicely and quickly. And it's short because that's the way I've been writing for the past 30 years. I think you'll like it. It's worth 20 bucks at Amazon.com. Give it a shot. Man, that's the best plug. You, you did there a plug better than me, man. I don't know if I could have handled the plug that easily. Bill, what do you, what do you, what do you want to say before we check out of here? I don't know. I think I'm, I, we'll have to tool up on some of these issues for next week and make sure we're well-informed for... Uh, Sapphire and, and her Bitcoin issues. and uh, I think it's just because we didn't have a finance ex expert to say, hey, what's going on in a financial world for us to talk shit about? But we've got a lot going on. And, and you know, we never get to the Jersey corruption because of national politics. But we need to carve out a little bit of time for the, the rampant corruption that is the state of New Jersey. Maybe we just need to dedicate a show just completely to Jersey corruption. Maybe. maybe we should have that <laughs> oh, you could do more than you could do epic shows, multiple shows. <laughs> <A> mini series. <laughs> This is the man to talk. I never saw. You're like a walking encyclopedia of that stuff. Awesome. The show is built on camaraderie. It's built on the fact that we're a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls, and a bunch of people that just love to get together, have a beer, well, in their case, just water and, and, and yeah, a Pepsi, hey. and just talk shit and have some fun. And there's humor. There's always humor in talking politics because... No matter what, at the end of the day, we all just want to get by in this world and just get to the next day. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for watching. I want to thank you guys Great that were at home. You. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll meet you again. I could love Most of all, I want to thank everyone that tuned in. It's your man, Mr. Direct, doing what he does best, giving you just a little bit of real talk like only your man, Mr. Direct, could give you real talk. Don't hate. Just congratulate. We'll be back next week. Cannonballs, their motto is don't tread on me. 
Children. 